0: Welcome to Monday's Tennis Scottish Football Podcast, the Scottish football podcast that definitely didn't make wildly inaccurate predictions across four divisions and three domestic cup competitions. <laughs> I'm Graham Thillis and today I'm joined by two men, two men willing to lay their life on the line for the sake of Scottish football opinions. Hello first of all to Andy Harrow. Hello. And hello to Tom Watt. Hello. As it's Monday, we'll be reviewing the weekend's action and doing our best not to end up in an endless cycle of either blaming Craig Levine for everything or praising <laughs> our pal Craig Levine for everything. We <laughs> we'll start off with the champions um, as Celtic absolutely bodied Motherwell 5-2. Um, so we're looking at a Celtic team with a back four comprised of a left winger, two centre-halves, one not playing at centre-half and a central midfielder and they still gave Motherwell a doing. Um, This time last year, their biggest centre-half was refusing to play games and they were being crucified for the lack of defensive organisation as they bombed out to AAK Athens. Defeated by Hearts and not massively interested in defeating newly promoted Livingston on Flag Day. This year, they've scored 12 goals, conceded to probably seen enough to see off Kluge, which guarantees them European group stage
2: football. Are Celtic better or worse off with Neil Lennon at the helm? They're more entertaining, I think at the moment... I think uh, the worst... This is like a complete cliche, but the worst thing Motherwell could have done in that game was score. And then, <laughs> cause then there's, there's the question of what do you do. And Last year, it would have been, right, we get in their faces, we wind them up, we, like, niggle at them and frustrate them. But you're caught between... You can't defend against Celtic at the moment. Like They still look all over the place defensively. I mean, Julian didn't look particularly comfortable I,
0: I found Julian totally bizarre because he looked for the first particularly I mean all of Celtic for the first sort of half an hour 35 minutes but Julian in particular looked like he was in a different time zone than everybody else <laughs> and I don't know whether it was just that he is very very relaxed on the ball and that's his style it's such a small sample size that we've got of him just now because mm. nobody's seen him yeah. um, so it was. I found it really difficult to tell whether actually he's just super cool super calm or he was absolutely all over the place I, I, I've no idea at this point I, I, I imagine we're going to find out fairly soon as well um, yeah, it was
2: quite it was like a 1960s attitude to things <laughs> just <laughs> what happens happens or it might be in the drugs I don't know sort of psychedelia going on but yeah I mean it was, I don't think he was on his own in being this
1: no. like, Bain looked ca-
2: uncharacteristically mm. flapped uh, I, I think Bully bowling Bully, Bully doesn't look we're not quite sure what to make of him yet either. Um, so I think there there was like defensively all over the place, but the front seven <laughs> <laughs> we're scared the shit out you. I presume I mean are we including
0: Bowley in that, or are we including Chris Iron in that as well? Just like Yeah. The, a couple of defenders and everyone else will just go and deal with it as well. But it, it's the the first half of an hour. Motherwell were the most fun I've seen us since we hounded Aberdeen all over Hamden. Um, and f- at the time, it really wound me up because we, we, we lost a whole series of dreadful, dreadful goals. Um, I think the best example of how Motherwell were on Saturday was your Dove Lundgren lookalike centre-half who's playing at right-back, running 70 yards, uninhibited at <laughs> any point at all, because your left-back is over the halfway line, chasing down a ball, because your left-winger stepped inside and didn't push out, and then it leaves the a left-sided centre-half. To find himself halfway in his own half, which leaves your defensive midfielder not drop. The whole thing was just a mess. And like you say, in, in terms of Motherwell scoring being a bad thing, maybe that's just about right. I think if it stayed nothing each until half time, with Motherwell chasing Celtic in the way that they were, uh, would Neil Lennon have changed at half time? Almost certainly. Um, you would imagine there would have been significant changes there if this half had progressed in the way that it had for the first thirty minutes. Um, but immediately conceding straight after, with a goal as bad as that. Mm, It's difficult to say that another world deserved anything, particularly out of the game after that. Um, A very, very frustrating... very, very frustrating... Because the the, the first half an hour was fantastic. Seedorf dropped out of the game. Hilton dropped out of the game. Long as well dropped out of the game. And it's not a criticism of any of them, because they're still getting themselves into being fit enough to do that. But it does... It's very different to the, the sort of positives that he took out of the Morton game, for example, for Motherwell, in that we absolutely battled them because, as it turns out, they were a pup team. Mm-hmm. But it's a different sort of positive, in that we went very much went toe to toe for half an hour with Celtic. Um, if I'm additionally, as well, the, the, my other main thing on this, as well, is if I'm Celtic and I'm looking at Scott Brown, and he, particularly in that first half an hour, was creaking very very badly I thought he he had no time on the ball because we pressed him all over the place and then you look on the other side of the ball and you see Alan Campbell who chased him Campbell's one of the few that comes out of the rest of the game with, with a great amount of credit for me I thought he was terrific throughout but the way in which Campbell chased Brown all over the pitch harried him, stopped him from playing everywhere, broke the lines as well, took the ball in with sharp passes Surely you look at him and you look at the way he chases down Brown and go, actually that's possibly a, a, an option for Celtic going forward. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, the, the um, you kind of mentioned it right at the start, but you can, can extend the whole thing about people either playing in position or being out of form for that whole Celtic squad. If you kind of look at it, if you looked at if they played that team at the end of last season there's no way they were kind of scoring five goals out of it I mean as you say you've got a guy playing left back who probably isn't a left back he looks like a, more like a left midfielder yeah. um, Julian who's just new in as a midfielder I playing out of position at full back and then you've got Brown who quite a lot last season was starting to creak and looked like he might be past his best and Chams kind of looked like he went out of Celtic and didn't play his best last season and then you've got Morgan who's coming in and still a bit untried in the premiership and McGregor and Forrest obviously would good, but then Griffiths didn't play any of the, the last half of last season. So the fact that that team is clicking, I, I know they have, had a bit of a difficult half hour, but the fact that after that they could get yeah. back into that rhythm and they got into that rhythm so quickly last week and they could do without Edward and Christie being in there for a large yeah. part of the game is it's uh,
0: it's, it's crazy as well because uh, uh, Gillespie, aside from the, the one that should have, the free kick they should have saved from Griffiths barely had a save to make throughout the game because Celtic was so ludicrously clinical throughout the game I think they had like six shots on target and scored five of them mm-hmm. it's, it's not a it's a, it's a punishing way to, it's a punishing way to lose a game um, and as I said at the time I was fairly wound up by it walking home in hindsight Celtic was just good really really good which was bizarre it, it, none, of, none of it seems like it should make any great amount of sense but was terrific
1: yeah did. It's strange yeah, I mean, you really wouldn't have had any sense that this was going to happen at the back end of last season. I mean, that Lennon team was kind of in a similar kind of stodgy way to Levin's heart team. that fans they were kind of getting results, but fans weren't really that impressed and I don't think there was a great deal of confidence going into this season about it. But So I, I don't know what it is that's maybe changed. I don't know if it's a bit of freedom. I don't know if it's a, a few new players coming in. Obviously, Alexi Griffiths coming back gives them something else up front as well um, a bit more competition for places but there's and maybe it's just the fact that he knows that he's the kind of chosen manager and he's kind of this is him now properly getting into it like he's got yeah. like a good group of players and he's I mean, there, there, is a, there is a risk of reading too much into yeah. it but there's
2: there's also a feeling, there always has been like a bit of a feeling that, when, that that Neil Lennon affects a room, he affects mm-hmm. our group of players and when he's you know, like he's positive and when he gets it his team playing like incredibly attacking football his team's playing incredibly attacking football and but when they're not when you know when he's not on his game then things go wrong and they can, like they did at Hibs so mm-hmm. went spectacularly wrong at the end because he just couldn't change the, the way the direction of traffic for it and he seems to be in a pretty good place at the moment and at, 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 like I said at the start I don't if you're gonna stop, if anyone is gonna stop Celtic this season, they're not gonna do it by scoring and consolidating it. That <laughs> you're gonna to have to score again because <laughs> there's just there's too many goals in that team now. There's too many goals and there's too many threats and there's too many people on the bench that you know can change the right. game. And actually, I thought Motherwell were good for what I saw. I thought the midfield. I thought all three of the midfielders yeah. were good. Um, Donnelly's only, got 10 goals in his career and now six and five. He he is, that kind of game. It's
0: it <laughs> funny as well because last season he, he took a bit of a doing from Stephen He didn't really take a doing from the fans because he barely played. He took a bit of a doing from Robinson um, just in the basis that he wasn't fit enough and he wasn't getting himself fit enough. And I, I can see the criticism, I, I can understand the criticism that he should be fit the team should be getting themselves fit enough. But uh, Motherwell seems to be a real responsibility on the players as well, like, we will teach you how to play, but it's on to you to, to get yourself fit. And you see the guys that do that, and that you have Campbell, you have Turnbull, who are immediately fit enough to play at this level. James Scott, as young as he is and as raw as he is, it certainly looks fit enough to play at this level, coming on and throwing Chris Ayer away like an empty Chris Pack at <laughs> 20 minutes to go. That was eye-opening, because Ayer looks like the biggest human being in Fort park aside from me on, on Saturday morning. And, um, and then there's Donnelly and Adam Livingston as well, sort of one of the younger left-backs who never really look like they've got themselves fit enough. And I presume given the fact that everyone else is there, it's kind of on them to, 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 to do that himself. He seems to have screwed the nut and done that, however. And it was in the in the Betfred games, any time you looked at him and he got himself half a yard of space anywhere around the boxer, he's going to hit the target. Which he strikes up all so cleanly with his left or his right foot, so how he's going to end up at this moment? I'm just quite happy to ride this train all the way and just see how see how long it will take somebody to just stand on Liam Donnelly. And if 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 teams then start going, well, we're going to focus on stopping Liam Donnelly having shots. Fine, because <laughs> we've got another five white players to stick out there. So if you want to do that, that suits me absolutely down to the ground. And I should I it will suit Motherwell down to the ground as well. There's positives there, but it's it's very much a work in progress from for on It's the frustration that from year to year you're going to have to bring in six or seven players and we know that it seems to have bringing it up and making a big deal about it but I think by the time we get to sort of two or three another two months into the season we'll be a real judge of where we are um, hopefully more of what we've got because Wrecking Ball football you just run over the top of people whether it's good football or bad football if it's fast and athletic and aggressive then I'll watch it I'm absolutely fine with that it doesn't bother me in the slightest any more for Celtic and Motherwell Magic. Uh, we'll be back to chat through Rangers pumping Hibs and the rest of the weekend's action uh, right after this super short break. So Rangers six Hibernian one. Uh, is this the better Rangers again? As Tom was saying with the Celtic game, it's difficult. It's difficult to read too much into these things, but it's also very easy and more fun to read into these things as if they are the be all and end all. But we've we're only a handful, handful of games in in comparison to the last year's Rangers are quite easy. With three games in a row, they've come back from a bit of hardship. So we had the command game, um, they lost uh, lost a goal in came back with a last-minute winner, they lost a couple of goals midweek, and Denmark and came back to, to win that game comfortably. And then today, or, or not today, or sorry, on Sunday as well, Scott Allen getting a goal, or setting up, setting up Horgan for a goal, which last season, these all feel like things that might have there are, there are very good comparisons with, with last year's Rangers and all of these yeah. I feel uh,
1: yeah I think they're, they're, the comparisons actually probably with Celtic just now I mean it's kind of obvious to say I guess but look very good going forward look like they could score at well, but defensively they're still question marks and I think the thing for Rangers is they maybe that Tom mentioned earlier about Celtic having so many different people who could score and Rangers I don't think are quite as stacked with uh, as goal scorers but they're not, they're not really particularly far off yeah, I, I don't know. It's the it's the strength and depth thing. Like, certainly, if we're talking about Rangers and Celtic and a gap between everyone else, and we'll come to Aberdeen later on. But the strength and depth with Rangers that they can start the foe he can score a hat trick. Celtic can start fist ahead of it makes a difference in that game. Whereas uh, what Aberdeen had is significantly less uh, than that. And they look like they're kind of. They've clicked into shape pretty quickly, Rangers. I think that's quite interesting. The new guys uh, look like they're they understand what the generals wanting out of them. Um, they're kind of linking in with Defoe and Morellus and Arfield and the other guys that are already there fairly quickly. Um, and as I say, it's kind of the it's kind of the defence is still the question. Uh, I mean Goldson be a regular I guess all season catch is the one where you think he's probably most at risk of getting dropped at some point and then uh, and I'm not convinced by still either but but yeah I mean I I think Hibs the more interesting I mean Rangers were like an eye-opener but Hibs I found the more interesting thing to talk about in a way because you don't still expect to go to eyebrows and get pumped 6-1 but yeah
2: yeah, I mean, I think the, 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 for me, the, Rangers, the question mark at Rangers this season was have they improved the eleven? They definitely improved the squad. I still think that is a question mark, but I think that all, like Stephen Davis has started the season better than expected. Yeah. Jordan Jones in the last two games is unplayable and I think is, is playing at a level that he, even, even when he was great at Kelly, he's, he, he's found another level and it, again, very small sample size, but they look like they're Davis looks like the player he they thought they were getting last season. John, Jones looks like the, he's fulfilling the potential he's got. Um, I think it was the most. It was a strange game because it was both thoroughly deserved. Com- you know the, the level that the comprehensiveness of the victory was deserved as well. But it was also quite flattering in a way because Hibbs were in it until you know certainly until three and four one and then completely collapsed at the end. Um, and a strange game for it to be 6-1 and the headlines to be about a, a pass <laughs> <laughs> yes. quite a pass but um, and it ended up I think the most shots ever in a Premiership game from one side yeah. 34 shots from Rangers no one's ever had more than that in the Premiership years um, so both comprehensive and also slightly slightly flattering but I think the Raiders were excellent Hibs we still don't quite know what we've what we're getting from him. I, I thought Heckenbottom was interesting because I expected him to be much more flappy and angry about it than he was, for he was like basically saying, You know, everyone knows what went wrong, bad day at the office. He was a lot more measured yeah. about getting a hiding than I thought he, he might <laughs> <in general laughs> on very, very, be. Very, yeah, very disappointingly, yeah, so yeah, for us yeah, I, I would know, say. It's, yeah,
1: it's the, the, um, the, the that start thing about the shots I was telling from a house point of view because. Certainly, going by what wow, I've watched, they made it so easy for Rangers mm-hmm. to get in to have shots. The um, and, and I'm not quite sure what he was trying. I, I think that team in midfield, especially, seems kind of insufficient, doesn't yeah. it? Like, Seemingly, like that, that's uh,
0: my looking at the light before the game started. I, I was looking at a lineup and just immediately, like, that's very, very lightweight. Yeah, very, very lightweight, particularly against. For who's the who's been an absolute standout in Rangers team so far this season as, as short a season it's been is Ryan Jack and you mm. kind of presume Jack was going to be the guy that was going to be shuffled out with, with the players coming in with arebo Rebo and Davis you thought he thought might struggle to to find a place for Ryan Jack in the Rangers team who has looked I think he's looked absolutely fantastic for the, the, the European game as well and, and at the weekend that mm. is just allowing everyone else to get on with how, however they want to play and he's doing it as such a sort of casual and unflustered way, in a way which Ryan Jack hasn't. He's, he's controlling a midfield in a way that I think all of us said at one point, that's what he should do for Amardine, he mm-hmm. should control the midfield, but he was always doing it alongside Shinny or McLean, and they got an awful lot more acclaim, and rightly so. But in these games, I think he's been absolutely terrific as well. Mm-hmm. So again, coming up with, with a Hibs midfield that's coming up with uh, Scott Allen and Stevie Mallon in it, up against Ryan Jack, it's, that's not contest you know, and,
1: and, I, and I don't think Vela certainly might that been the answer either because um, certainly uh, I can't remember what goal it was there. there were so many but it was the, it, one of the ones in the <laughs> first half um, I think it was maybe the second one Vela was so slow to get across um, in the centre of the park to close the midfield down in order to kind of break play up it just took so long to do it and in the second half, what do you see it goes past them? And if you've got Allen and Malin in your team, you need somebody in there who's a proper yeah. physical presence and able to get across the, the pitch and cover for them because they're not the greatest runners in the world. So, it's lovely having Scott Allen playing um, incredible reverse passes. That's fine, you've got him in the team for that, but I'm not sure Malin or Vela are necessarily the people that you want. You can maybe get away with one of them, but certainly from the evidence so far I'm not convinced well as the, the holding midfielder that particularly turned up at Ibrox yeah,
0: yeah. That against the team, against the Rangers team which as we've said is looking uh, a little bit worrying for for, a clip for just about everybody yeah. else um, yeah I think it's as you say just a little bit lightweight in there yeah it? it's like
1: they, you know Omionga was there last season and was brilliant and kind of did that job and all through the summer it was like are we going to get him or are we going to get somebody else to replace him and then I got him nor anyone to replace them so that's the that would be the worry for them and they might go back in and try to sign somebody else but mm. I, I think know,
2: I, yeah. it, I think Rangers the it was intentional or not but I think they also played the conditions incredibly well whether that was tactical or not I doubt it but it was not a game for trying to play long passes it was not it was like it was going to be won by a team that could run that could hold on the ball for any amount of time um, and it was it, I mean it was properly February weather in yeah. the second week of August it <laughs> was pretty good but yeah Busing, so buzzing for summer football <laughs> yeah
0: quick uh, do we have any argument whatsoever for Sean Mackey's red card no yeah.
1: no, no. <laughs> no, no yeah, it's no, no, so it as blatant as you can get isn't it yeah
0: yeah. good I just wanted to check because all over social media today that was uh, how John Beaton was a bad bad man because he drinks in a pub and <laughs> is trying to stop the <laughs> 10 so,
1: was there actually genuine people oh, yeah. who disagreed oh, with that yeah. decision oh yeah mm-hmm.
0: I mean you could have gone for the first tackle yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the first tackle was was a shocker and um, followed up by the world's most blatant handball yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. it's just it's beyond me. I just wanted to check that I wasn't being unreasonable, which is the important thing to know at all times. <laughs> so, moving on, uh, we will head uh, across to Sunday's other game. Um, we generally do it by goals, but this one seemed far more interesting. Um, with St Mirren defeating Aberdeen. Uh, the first time uh, Derek McInnes has been beaten by a St Mirren side, and he's in his 19 attempts as Aberdeen manager.
2: Um, with a goal from Ilkay Domus. Who
0: looks very interesting?
2: He was very, very good. Um, I, I thought St. women were excellent, thoroughly deserved to win. Had chances, had a couple of chances in the first half, and had a big chance in the second half to score again. Could have easily won one by more. Dermus was excellent. McGuinness was excellent. Um, Flynn and Foley totally overran Aberdeen's midfield. Who whether it whether it was you know when you arriving back from Croatia 48 hours early, or, or the changes to the line-up. I mean, he moved Ferguson, McInnes moved Ferguson a bit further forward and Odio just got overrun by the pair of them. But St Mirren looked very, very good. It, I mean, kind of similar thing happened um, basically about Christmas time and St Mirren scored first. It was a close game anyway. And um, there was always a feeling that Aberdeen would win. Like they just kept, they kept the head. They kept it, the, and in this game, it just didn't look like it was going to happen because Sunderland were really well organised. They got bodies behind the ball. No one was getting in behind them, and they were they were stodgy when they needed to be. But they really broke quickly. They looked a the totally different side to last season, and and I thought when when I thought Goodwin was a, it was a good appointment, but he didn't make. Huge amounts of signings, I and mean, they looked like they had like fourteen players or something like that. I, I, think really week, I think until a week. think until ago they did. They yeah. signed, they seemed signed, uh, signed like three players on the, the eve of the season. But they they looked they looked structured and they looked disciplined and they looked like they had a bit of dig about them. Mm-hmm. And, but they also had a, there was a bunch of pace in the team as well. They were they were well well worth a, worth their run. Uh, just watching
0: again, watching the watching the sports scene come on on the on Sunday night. The team graphic flashed up and immediately St. Man suddenly, almost immediately, as, as you said, like a week ago, had 14 players, including a bunch of guys who you're not going to get 36 games out of or 38 games out of. And then as soon as the team flashed up they looked, that looks like a very reasonable, at the very least, a very decent first 11 uh, to, to make their way through the team. Um, as I said, we we're, we're, were fortunate enough to, to be able to scout or dive through Y Scout. And Dormous was, the, of all this, of the signs that they'd made, Douglas was the one that I fancy just because he is he has a terrifying left foot. Mm. If he just gets a half a yard of space and find it and and gets it out of his laces, then yeah, um, he's, he looks really impressive. I think on the Aberdeen side of the ball is McGinnis. Oh, McGinnis seems to have made a, a bit of a thing of of, of highlighting. That they've built a bigger squad. They've got more squad depth, which they absolutely do. But is it a problem that the squad depth is Scott Wright who? needs a run of games. As yeah, we, I think we've seen, every time we've seen Scott of he's a, he's a lovely touch, lovely footballer, but potentially needs five or six games to wind himself into it. Uh, Conor McLennan, who was very, very good last year, again, kind of thrown at the deep end in a, in a cup final mm-hmm. um, to go and give himself, a, and make himself, a, this, and then kept his place in the team. Um But at the end, he's not played yet this season, like no, I guess. The and then Curtis May, obviously who, I'm very familiar with. Um, <laughs> but the, if, if, you're, if you're depth are guys who aren't quite ready to step in and, and just plug and in play into the first team, it's not really ideal at this point. Yeah, well, kind of
1: said at the end of the game, that he, he thought they were a bit rusty, so the guys that they were wanting to kind of come in and give the other guys a rest actually were too rusty to, to do anything. And yeah, that, that, is the, that is the big weakness that you've got. Yeah. Um, Curtis Mayne, we've all kind of got questions over whether or not he could... This kind of feels like the season where in the Scottish Premiership we'll decide whether that one season was a total freak or if last season was the the outlier. Um, But obviously he didn't really hold the ball particularly well, didn't really bring others into it. And then, right, I'm not... I really want to like yeah. right um, uh, Every everything about there? him yeah. feels like yeah. a th-
0: even from his hair everything yeah. about him feels like a bit of a throwback yeah he feels and like a classic winger but yeah and it, it, I never get the impression that you see players who protect time look at them and you go they're, they're just not bothering they're not trying but mm. I, I feels different. I, I feel always terrible suggesting people aren't trying particularly. No, so, yeah. 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 Scott Wright always looks as if he's working as hard as he possibly yeah. can it's just he can't look particularly hard
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like he's got lovely touch and stuff, and he's, he he feels a bit like one of those wingers who's kind of dangerous, fifty to sixty yards from the penalty box. Like he, he's got all the. He looks like he's got all the attributes <laughs> apart from it's the most, da- the the most with the <laughs> dangerous <from laughs> sixty yards from the box. But, but I really like. Like occasionally, I've you know been thought because he's definitely got something there, honestly not On the last season, he showed. Flashes of it again But the, the problem is It is really only Flashes And McLennan again He looks more like uh, I guess he looks more like A kind of current day Winger I guess That he's kind of Bigger and stronger He maybe looks more likely To To do something Over a long period of time But yeah Between having three people Who have not really played This season How many they played together Didn't work I mean I guess It was a bit of a gamble From McInnes and given that Cosgrove Was out as well But it kind of didn't really work. I'm not not convinced that three are
2: really going to work at any point together. I mean, I I think I totally understand why he changed things around. I am sceptical as to whether Cosgrove is injured or whether he's (laughs) just said he's injured so that he'll... I'll I'll put money on it that he plays on Thursday. Um, But I think, in a way, and sort of the the flip side of the, the weather conditions as well, I think I'll... Uh, it did play a huge part in having players who, at like the minute they brought on um, McGinn and uh, Gallagher, who are not, are probably not, are not as quick probably as or, either than or Wright, but they they were just a bit more intelligent with how they were using the ball. They weren't trying to play a million miles an hour, and they were like linking things up, and then things started to happen. I think w- w- the the thing with McLennan and, and Wright. I think McLennan is obviously a winger and will get better as a winger. Whereas Scott Wright's now been playing for four years, and I'm not sure he's a winger. Mm. I'm not sure he's a forward. I'm not sure he's a number ten. Okay. Like he's got a good. He's he can hit. Like he he's got a good shot on him. He gets in behind. He's reasonably tricky. He's really quick, but like his crossing's not great. He doesn't get the byline, so I'm not quite sure he knows where he plays himself. He's, a bit he's of Craig,
1: Craig Whiting, but for Aberdeen, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, fall, like yeah, he's fallen yeah, into he the,
0: really does, the Mark Fotheringham uh, paradox, and yeah, yeah. that he's not quite good enough. He's not sh- sharp enough to be a ten. He's not quick enough to be a winger. He's not physical enough to be a centre forward. <laughs> he's not physical enough to be a holding or a defense a, a central midfielder, that are aggressive enough to do that. Uh, yeah, the Mark Fotheringham paradox, I like to call this. That.
2: absolutely, absolutely, yes. And <laughs> um, I, I thought uh, it was, it, I mean, it, it did change a little bit at the end of the game and there is a, you know, Aberdeen should have had a penalty, but it would have been completely undeserved because some men were by far away the I thought,
0: I thought uh, Goodwin's comments afterwards were quite interesting as well, um, highlighting that obviously Aberdeen had two-thirds of the possession of the game and Goodwin was very clear he was, he was quite happy for the Aberdeen backline to have the ball because Aberdeen's backline aren't going to hurt you mm-hmm. um, there, there's not someone there that's going to step out, step out of defence and, and ping a 60 yard pass and again with as you say with the conditions as well I'd like to see any defender attempt that from mm-hmm. from somebody um, but there's not an Aberdeen of half at the moment who's going to bust through and, and make the extra man in midfield at the moment as, as much as I, I think Scott Wright's a, Scott, Scott McKenna is a, a fantastic player he doesn't do that Sort of plays a different type of set. half have you stick to stick to what you're good at, essentially, unless it's thirty yards out from Kilmarnock. Um But yeah, uh, it's frustrating for Aberdeen. Uh, but a, yeah, a very good, very good three points very early on, on for St. Mirren, as you would imagine. Their fans have been looking at the the first sort of set saying seeing so anything out of Hibbs and Aberdeen will do pretty well. So yeah, they're playing. Uh, we'll head uh, from there to Perth uh, with. A two o'clock kickoff, which was very confusing for just about everybody <laughs> yeah. uh, we saw goals from uh, Scott Pittman and, and Stephen Lawless, putting Livingston two up at half-time uh, Matty Kennedy and Callum Hendry scoring after the break uh, with a, a last-minute penalty miss from uh, Lyndon Dykes as well, so Xander Clark celebrating his new contract with a, with a save as well what are we writing?
2: Oh, you um, I thought was, uh, what I thought was really interesting is Livy fell apart when they tried to play chaos again <clears throat> like last year, you know we were, we were like everyone kind of admired that they just this chaos to them and no one really knew how to play but actually they were 2-0 no up and playing really nice football and I mean I really like the look of Souda he looks like a really good player Pittman was unbelievably good um, my only concern with Souda is that I've seen far too much of him
0: because Livingston shorts are terrifying <laughs> they <It's> genuinely like <laughs> Do not take if you have children. Don't take them. See Livingston because they will lose all innocence for the rest of their <laughs> life. See also for some reason Gary McKenzie wearing hot pants on Sunday against Aberdeen as well. Really weird. Not the, not the conditions. Really honestly, not the conditions. Honestly, the smallest shots in the world. are <laughs> oh, terrifying! Sorry. Yeah,
2: it's like don't wear grey tracksuit trousers in the rain. Yeah, oh. yeah. Bad idea. So I I totally anyway, got across. I um, but yeah, Livy were Livy were great for 45 minutes, and we're playing really good football. We're moving it around, and um, lots of runners, and we're quite patient. And St. Johnson looked every bit as shy as they have been, you know, all, all season. And it looked pretty, you know, conclusive that they weren't going to get anything again. Um, I mean, the I think I can't remember which one of the goals it was. But I think it was the second Livy goal. There are seven St. Johnson players in the box, and. They lose the first header. The ball goes out to, out wide. They get the second one away at the second time of asking, and still someone on the edge of the box manages to put it in the net when there are seven defenders. And so it, you know they were kind of all over the place in, in the first half. Um, the but credit to them, Tommy Wright. I can imagine is a terrifying man <laughs> when you're two 0 down, and he played that badly. Um, they they got right back in it and uh, could have won it um, Matty Kennedy looks back to something approaching his best and he looked like he enjoyed his goal um, but yeah I, I think both sides are going of be frustrated they didn't get a bit more out of it Xander uh, Sandra Clark I think, had one amazing save which he neither had any right to make or Pittman had any right to get the shot away um, but and had a penalty And I think he said two of his last three so uh, you know huge player for St. Johnston
0: I, I, was, I was again looking at the scores coming through on, on, on Saturday St. Johnston two down at half time you're looking at it going well I mean that's that because they can't change it because they don't have any <laughs> other players there's, like, there's nobody there's nobody they can bring on to say well that'll change the game Like there there's just isn't another body there um, at this point I'm beginning to wonder whether St Johnston will actually go down if Scott Tanzer get injured because he seems <laughs> to, about 90% of their play seems to just come from Scott Tanzer just heading down the left wing I'm still not entirely sure he can defend properly but because Danny Swanson is always tucked inside or because Mike Kennedy is going forward as well it always looks as if he's got acres and acres of space down the left hand side to just charge into which I presume is, is a problem defensively but I generally only see on the ball going forward uh, but yeah, not a it, it very interesting. I think this game, just from the fact that it kicked off at two o'clock in the afternoon, has me
1: completely yeah. fried. Was a, what was that? Some farm? Don't know. <laughs> <or something? laughs> uh, <So, laughs> no, actually, I always say it's nurses' uniform. It was sure a it <laughs> <laughs>
0: St. John's, culture is not your costume. <laughs> the, the, the
1: Wicker Man festival. Uh, <laughs> yeah, burning with the crops. Um, yeah no I, I yeah I was sorry I, I cut you off to make some
0: jokes. <laughs> <That's> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> fine. Uh, what I, th- I thought was quite interesting as well, like uh, is, is Callum Hendry as well, who hasn't played a huge amount of football and he's played kind of le- I think it's less than eight full games all combined, but has notched five times. Mm. And the goal that he scored as well looked like a wonderfully instinctive strike as well, which is again without sounding like a. Scottish football, that it's, it feels very much in this sort of category of that's a thing you, you don't teach people how to do. If you, obviously, if you have technique, but if you're just at the right moment at the right time, ball pigs to absolutely lash it into the top of his net, top of the net as well. So again, instead of signing a broken centre forward, maybe have a goal with your centre forward who's got legs. I
1: think, I think they've, yeah, I think they found that having Kane up there pretty much in supporting. Wasn't working, it was kind of long balls to Chris Kane, which I mean, literally, literally anyone knows that that's not going to be a, much of a success. And also, O'Halloran had a, a partner goal, but he's not really fired since he's come back. And I think giving um, Kane a wee bit of support and Hendrix might be the way to go. Maybe just, oh my God, could you get Chris Kane as one of your slicers? But like, maybe if you've got somebody else to occupy the fenders and stuff between the two of them, they might be able yep. to fashion out a few things. I think. Yeah, uh, for, for St Johnson, at least they've got a point, at least they showed a bit of character and then the rescued it again at the end, I'd still be definitely far more concerned about them than Limson. I think, uh, going into the season, I wasn't sure about Limson, but when you look at the team apart, again, their, their main concern is probably up front, where Dykes kind of feel like need somebody to play off yeah. rather than being the, the blown striker. But otherwise, you look at the squad. They've got quite a lot of folk into Lawson's out. Erskine, I think, is just coming back, so he didn't he didn't get on uh, off the bench. You've got Robinson's not playing yet. You've got Miller as well. There's a, and then a couple of guys went off during the, the game. You've got a lot of injuries, but potentially that squad is still pretty good when they come yeah. back. It is just really missing maybe one or two strikers. The, the, of the, the
0: addition back. of Suda as well. Yeah. Uh, he just looked. Again, very much a, a very good fun player to yeah. watch mm-hmm. more than anything else. Every time, certainly so on the opening day, he was one of the. in what was a dreadful game of football? Um, he was one of the players that just had a little bit of a spark about him. And again, very much looked like that on Saturday. So, be yeah, very intrigued out, out to to see how I'm it kind of fascinated was.
2: by by Livingston's recruitment policy. Yeah, like you, you get a rough idea of who. Like certain clubs use the same agent, or you mm. know the same group of agents or the same agency, whatever it is. And or, or you can you know that a certain club will go down south and get League One and Two players and they, but Livy seemed to pick up these guys from and you know they can't have a huge scouting network but they get these guys from Switzerland yeah. or, you know guys that played League Two or the second third tier in France and seem to be pretty good. like where, where, where are you finding these I'm guys? I have seen
0: this last year and it was when they'd say I think it was just after they'd signed Hank van who, as it turned out, too, was, was a bit and That's fine. But signing them up and then sending them out on loan to get accustomed to Scottish football—is this all a good idea, or are they just recruiting guys that they get in and after ten minutes they go, "You're rubbish, go, <laughs> go away"? Or is this all part of a very sensible plan in terms of like that body's available now, he's got something, let's bring him in, cheap contract, send him out to the bottom because they certainly need players getting to play there for a bit, accustomed to Scottish football and then take it from there but I think, I do get the impression it is mainly from the Bartley signing more than anything else and getting guys like Jack McMillan into the team as well Livy it Olivier seems as much about footballing ability as it is about who you are and your character and things like that which is again it sounds, I'm going full Scottish football down this as well but like I don't think 18 months ago you would have said Jack McMillan Ricky Lamy, maybe even Nicky Devlin Marvin Bartley they're not going to be top flight Scottish footballers where you look at them and go fine like, you're going to be an Aki's player mm. who's going to be strapped these are guys you look at and go actually you're doing totally fine I, I think it is very much I do get the impression it is very much down to who they are and their ability to turn up and say we will make you a better foot," and just grafting away and doing exactly what is what is asked of them in that, in that role which is uh, very interesting. Um, and again, I, th- I don't think any of us are looking at Livy now going that they might be... They'll be fine. Yeah, that'll
1: yeah.
0: be fine. Moving on, um, we will head to Hamilton um, where the the Hamilton Academicals somewhat inevitably pumped Kilmarnock, hmm. um, which allowed... A, gave us a really good wee montage of Alessio just standing
2: doing things, which apparently <laughs> highlights that he's <laughs>
0: out of his depth, which is a very odd. It
2: is quite odd, although I do... I... I do feel like that it's a perfect scientific experiment because you can see, like, when Steve Clark took over Kelly, they were bottom of the league, and then they were third, and now he's left, and they're bottom of the league. And you've got this, like, sort of perfect balance, and there's no variables, and you've got a perfect scientific experiment. Yeah. Um, I honestly,
0: I reckon you—if you could do a super cut of me at work, just film me for a day and then cut it down into like a four-minute bit—and I would look like an absolute dick. And I would imagine just everybody at their, at their job on a yeah. daily basis—if you cut everything down to a twenty-five-second clip, they would look like a dick.
2: Yeah, and Kelly weren't terrible. I, I mean, no. they were. I, I think Lewis Smith scored and just suddenly looked so confident he was going to hit absolutely everything. And he did do, like, the same trick where he faked to go on his right, cut in on his left, and was like, ah, ha, ha, got you again!
0: And, uh, Come on up, I was like,
2: who are you? Who's this guy? <laughs> no idea, we've never done any of this top." But, like, uh, his work rate, and he had another, like, he scored, and then he had another chance where he was, like, bomb forward at 70 yards, to catch up with play. And uh, I think... They didn't really know what to do with him, but you know, Kelly had chances, and they were causing they caused a bit of problems with set pieces. But it partly, I mean, I I think the the valid criticism for me of the management is, you know, they're they're saying he, he's saying we need bodies, yeah. You do that's your job, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's your job, and the, one of the surely, what I'm like when he first came in, all the players that were being linked, I mean, you know. Like, I'm still waiting for the Alcantinian. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) come on, bring it on. And, you know, the European transfer window is still open, so it's still a possibility. But that's your job, and that's got to have been one of the. And you could see, like, when Steve Clark came in, he brought in players that only Steve Clark Clark could bring in. And I know there's not. And credit to Kelly for not just going, fine, we'll, you know, give it to Jim McIntyre or whoever. Mm -hmm. But one of the attractive things with. You know, getting a guy that's got the, 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 the pedigree that he does is he's got to have contacts and so far they haven't come in uh, and they're, they're in desperate need of players and, and desperate need of a bit of creativity and, hit, and and people to back him up and how he, you know, his guys.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder how much of it is that he's identified people that don't want to come. Uh, that might be, he might have mm. wondered if he's overestimated how attractive the idea of playing in the Scottish Premiership for Kilmarnock will be. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just haven't it. It, it. does, as you say, it's very strange that there's been so little activity. You yeah. there have been in, in a couple a, of people. Particularly probably.
0: given that one of the players that came back was Liam Miller, who was yeah. there last year. So yeah. it's not like he was no. an unknown... No. It, no. They know exactly... They know his phone number, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So do you want to come back and play with us again? Yeah. You've been here. We all had a good time. One. yeah. yeah.
1: It's, yes. It's... Um, yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit. Like, I mean, it, the thing is, it? They, on paper that first eleven still fine and would still hold its own, but they're not. They're not clicking, in, they're, they're relying on as are only striker. I mean it kind of comes back to the two teams we just talked about, that the striker area is a is a real concern in terms of you're not. Yeah, yeah. Gary Anderson said, earlier on, is right uh, on the WhatsApp group that." You're not entirely sure what Brophy is yet. I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't think he's totally proven himself as a number nine. He's not. I'm not really sure if he's totally a number ten. I, you know, he's, he's he's not. Again, he kind of not brilliant at anything particularly. But he's obviously got enough qualities to yeah. be good in a good team and kind of show as he did under Clark. But he's having to shoulder all of that burden. On his own, and he's kind of struggling. At
0: Particularly the given that if Eamon Brophy at this point gets injured, oh, good.
1: Yeah,
0: that's, you're yeah. essentially down to Ennis Cameron, yeah. you know, you're being, and that's it's a very, very limited place to go. Um, as well as that, uh, is Brian Easton's tackle on Liam Miller the worst tackle <laughs> the, the worst tackle of
2: 2019? Uh, it's one of the few tackles of. I've seen recently where all four feet from both <laughs> participants are off the ground. It's not like you watch it. That, I was watching it in slow motion and watched it back a few times And literally, all four legs are off the ground as he hits him. Um, so yeah, yeah. What are you doing? I have
0: not seen that. I cannot remember seeing that in, in the year of twenty nineteen. I cannot remember seeing a worse tackle <laughs> than Brian Easton coming in off the ground on his knee and then getting up and protesting. Like, I, I very much presume he went straight at the dressing room. So everyone was like. I
2: fucked that. I mean. <laughs> he, have, like, he was also also a tackle where he's like, "I'm going to take the yellow card on this." Chip, chip, chip. Breaks, breaks, no. <laughs> I chopped him in half. Absolutely cut him in two. Yeah.
0: Uh, but again, uh, back to we'll, we'll talk briefly about Hamilton as well, who uh, added uh, Sam Stubbs, uh, f- all, all potentially since been signing of, 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 of the past to sell a half. Um, and again, as you say, Alston. Possibly the, the least deserving wearing number ten of all time, <laughs> um, but suddenly looked an awful lot more balanced. And it made, uh, from week one at Ross County, where they literally gave the ball away from kick off, <laughs> to week two uh, at the Stadium of Hope, whatever, um, where they looked again like a comfortable team, being a very sensible doing Hamilton Aki. Yeah,
2: they they do look like. like... A bit like a bit like Southampton, they've gone in a very short period from looking like they had a terrible summer window to actually looking like they picked up some you know some decent players. I thought um, well, one one of our Williams had a, had a great game, yeah, and um, had a, has had a strange couple of years. I thought he, you know he was out in the whatever division the Hurricanes played in, in America, a, a Is it in yeah. United Soccer League, yeah. but he was playing season last season and. Um, just in, in reading, I didn't realize he was a, an accomplished oil painter. Yes, oh, really?
0: yeah. I yeah. it's, it's play, surprisingly good. Played right. his guitar and, and painted paintings. Yeah. while uh, Wales
2: were getting to the semi-finals of the Euro, Euro yeah. twenty sixteen. He's done a bunch of Wales twenty sixteen. Right? Yeah, um, but like he's done yeah. a bunch of other stuff. And he's exactly. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, I thought he was. I thought he was really good. And um, sounds like he had a rough week with his daughter being ill. And. Um, seems like a position that Hamilton haven't really I mean a good goalkeeper will be the difference between them finishing <laughs> it's Hamilton so it'll be the finishing, difference between the finishing 10 for 11 <laughs> but you know I, I think they've, they've recruited well enough that they can probably finish 10 yeah good right
0: so we will as always we'll leave a, a goalless draw to, to the end of the end of the show um, so I've got... I to get <laughs> As, aside, aside, from Tom, aside from Tom's tweet highlighting that it looked like uh, Ross Laidlaw kicked the ball into the 1960s. <laughs> um,
1: do, and, can we, we talk about Ross Laidlaw? It's, 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 there'll probably be other days but I mean not necessarily those days but and he did keep a clean sheet so fair enough but how is Ross Laidlaw still a <laughs> Scottish players at but, I mean he might be a lovely guy and everything but I mean seriously How is he a start of a Scottish Gemini team Like He's not He's not Proving himself Particularly good to anyway. But yeah Anyway It's by the bye Because he wasn't really any impact Apart from the like, Assisting a goal He didn't really Have any good great thing to do in this game, but I, mean, I just find it baffling. I think that's a it's a
2: fair point, but you can almost give a one-word answer to why, and that's Lama. Yes, that's, that's a, a fair point. He definitely was the, the better of two goals. I mean, to, 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 to refer to him, he had two or three really, really good saves, but all of them from things he done, he's done, <laughs> done the result yeah. that he had to How yeah.
0: have Hearts signed about 20 players to get worse at football? It's, it's
2: yeah. quite amazing. It's quite a thing.
1: And they all look, you know, on paper, some of those players should make the team better as well, but they're. Ah, None of they're, them have? No, no,
0: they're so stodgy. They're unbelievably stodgy. They're, I mean, there's not. Jake Mulraney aside, there is no pace in no, the no. whatsoever. And he's playing it like left wing back or left back. He's playing so deep. Like, there's there's no one to stretch the game at all yeah. for Hearts in the slightest. But this, this is what I, I don't really
1: understand about Levine, I think, is a. Almost a bigger criticism, well well, I don't know, if it's a bigger criticism than the fact that the team played craft football, but the So whoever, whoever comes in after I mean, if say Levine doesn't make it to the end of the season, Say Levine makes it till November or whatever. There's no like what is anybody gonna do with that team unless they like, really need to buy a whole bunch of fast players or different <laughs> players in the window because that team has got no create I mean Jamie Walker I Remember a bit of creativity. More a yeah, wee I mean, bit, but there's as you say, there's there's a certain type of approach that Levine wants to play involving a lot of kind of industrial type players, not a lot of creativity there. And it's, it's it, the it almost the it
0: balls, almost feels it. like we're stereotyping Craig Levine and, and saying right. like uh, But that's what he's signed. No, I know, yeah, just a whole load of players that do a really specific job, none of whom work with one another no, at
2: the moment. No. No, I mean, uh, there's there has been, you know, there's always a kind of caps, and there's obviously certain high-profile football pundits <laughs> that um, will always defend uh, Mr. Levine instead of high-profile
1: John O'Sullivan. Not, 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 I. I. <laughs> not quite. Uh, uh, you
2: know, but it does seem. It, 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 until the season, it did seem like he was quite polarizing. But it, the signings have been terrible. They've, I mean, that that squad has eight full internationals, mm-hmm. and they're not like no, you know. And or in an international. Mm-hmm. They're nations home nations. Australian international. Islam has got a cap for the Czech Republic. Um, so there... Which is, is two things. On one hand, they must have been good enough at some point and be they must be de- taking decent wages. So there is, a, there is scope within that squad to do something far better mm-hmm. than to have eight six-foot-something monsters and just lump it at yeah. them. It shouldn't be that ugly. It shouldn't be... Stephen Naismith's injured, so that might be the end. Of, you know, that might be the end of Craig Levine because no one knows what else will happen. Hearts have beaten two top flight sides in 2019, and with that much talent and and there and there are good youngsters coming through. But I wouldn't. Like if you were a, if you're a ball playing footballer at the moment, if you're like Eden Keener, who, who who has like a great shot on him and was like great out alone and looks like there's flashes of brilliance yeah. there. How's he going to fit into Craig Levine's side? Where is he going to play? And I just don't see how there is anything that Levine can do short of completely change everything that he's yeah. done in, you know, to be fair Well he's got like two weeks, so Well yeah <laughs> um, But they're just they look purged. the defence looks unsure of itself th- there's no creativity there and the, the like you say, he's brought in a whole bunch of extra uh, reinforcements from a decent level that don't look any better than they've got, or don't look any different. Don't look like they can change their play in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, on that positive note, <laughs> but one more thing. Well, one more thing. The penalty at the end. Uh uh-huh. How often do you get a penalty from a ball looking, from a clearance that comes off the corner flag? <laughs> That's like just, that was like the perfect summary of the game. A clearance that comes off the corner flag, you give a penalty which is then missed.
0: Very much so. On that positive note then, uh, we'll round off today's show. Uh, we are off to record the Terrace Extra, um, where we will be discussing droppings because there's been a few of them about, so we thought we'd talk through some of our favourites and some of the best. Um, so you can subscribe to that by heading to patreon.com slash um, The Guys, will be back on Thursday talking about something else, because, um, I don't know, um, it won't be us, um, so it won't be me. So, yeah, they'll be back on Thursday to chat through that. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you very much, Tom. Cheers. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.